Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, for the 17th time this season, let's go into our QB1 segment. Well, it seems like many more than that. (laughs) Um, All right, so Justin Fields on... Sunday against the Lions, he's had better days. Let's just say that. He was 7 for 21, 75 yards passing, sacked seven times, passed the rating, an abysmal 40.8 with one interception. Dan, did he have a defining moment in your mind? Oh, yeah. Yeah, without question, it's the sack fumble. Um, David, that, that, that's the, the play of the day. It's one of seven sacks on the day. I went back and watched each of the seven sacks at length. I would argue that that, that four of them you can't put on the offensive line at all uh, when you watch them, including the, the one that we're going to get into here. The Bears have a, a, a personnel grouping in with two tight ends and a running back, basically max protect with two receivers out in pattern, and they've got a deep shot dialed up for Dante Pettis, and, and, and Justin hits the top of his drop and doesn't throw it. You see him think about throwing it, kind of pumping, and doesn't throw it. Matt Eberflus says on Monday afternoon that he wishes that he would have pulled the trigger there, thought there was an opportunity there. And then he gets out of the pocket, and he really wasn't running with the same speed he usually does. Worse than that, David, he was carrying the football loosely in his right hand, out extended in his right hand. And all of a sudden, you had a, a pass rusher who got himself off a block in the backfield who was engaged with two tight ends, Cole Komet and Trevon Wesco. He comes from behind the play. Justin never sees him, swaths the ball out of his hands. It's a fumble. It's a missed opportunity in a game you were still in at that point. The Lions get the football, and uh, they go down and kick a, a field goal before the end of the first half. Uh, just all of it, the whole play, was, was representative of what's wrong with this passing attack. It's a quarterback that is not uh, being decisive enough to, to, to pull the trigger when there's a play there to be to, to have the trigger pulled on uh it's a quarterback who gets out and, and doesn't show ball security uh they the bears obviously didn't block it up well they didn't recover the fumble you 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 name it everything went wrong and, and it was a, a defining moment in my eyes can't argue with that uh i think that i'll go for a play that just defined how discombobulated everything was about justin fields day and the bears offense and that came on the last snap of the first half 
So the Bears get the ball at the Lions 45 after the 63 yard kickoff return. And you yeah, think, after oh. Dor- after Dorothy and the, the Lion and the Tin Man went skipping down the road, they had the ball in Lions territory. Yeah, they're skipping down the road, still looking for a little heart. Um, <laughs> but I do say that they're at the 45 yard line and you're thinking, OK, big arm guy is going to let the big arm fly. And you're going to throw down the field like any self-respecting offense would let their quarterback do, right? No, no. I don't know what the Bears were thinking. They went in slow-mo. They, they snapped the ball out of fields. He looks around. Nobody's doing anything. And they're hiding, almost hiding by the Lions' sidelines is Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. And, and Justin Fields never sees him. He's throwing it away like he figured he's going to throw it away because why would you take a shot down the field when you have that big arm? And, and Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan guy, intercepts the Ohio State guy because the Ohio State guy never saw him hiding. How, right. do, you never, how do you not see that? I, I, don't, I know he was hiding. How do you miss a guy who's 6'3", 280 or whatever he is? And he gets his third interception of the season. Only player in the NFL with five sacks and three interceptions. Aiden Hutchinson picks him off Justin Fields. And that was one of the weirdest plays on an awful day for the Bears. I don't know who his third interception is against, but I know he had one against Justin and he had one against Aaron Rodgers. So uh, we can uh, maybe see who that, that third one was against and see if he pulled off the trifecta in the NFC North, maybe. He's um, taking the North one pick at a time. There you go. That play was designed to get them in field goal range. With seven seconds left, they wanted to get a sideline route. They have no timeouts left, so obviously the Lions are going to be defending deep and they're going to be def- defending the sideline. And Matt Eberflus, listen, I, I asked you know four players in the locker room after the game and then Matt Eberflus to explain that on Sunday evening he, he came back and tried to explain it again on Monday and I still don't have my brains wrapped around uh, how that play works if it's executed properly the Bears pride themselves on situational execution they practice it the two-minute drill is something that they 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 you know put extra periods in in December because they wanted to get better in those situations that 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 swing games and to have that kind of malfunction where it's it's you know some misalignment before the snap there were guys running half speed uh Justin didn't love what he saw and rather than just dirting it or doing something else with it through an interception right to a guy I don't know you're right I mean that was a, a play that was sort of a snap shot in a day full of them. My runner-up on defining moment was a play where they had two offensive tackles called for holding and they still got sacked. So, you know, that was the day in Detroit. <laughs> All right. The next category in our list of four is on the bright side. Was there one? Yeah, it's the 132 rushing yards. Uh, from Justin Fields, uh, the majority of those coming in the first quarter when he topped 100 yards. He obviously had that sweet run on the the gadget play where they got Cole Komet to motion in, get under center, and everybody in the building thinks it's going to be a Cole Komet sneak for a yard and a half. They pitch it to Justin. He gets a good block from Brexton Jones on the edge. He gets a good lead block from David Montgomery as a fullback, and he takes it for 31. And so that's a a moment there where you say, okay, you've got opportunities now to to get creative, to do some, some, some gadgety things because of, of things you've succeeded with earlier in the year, and now you've got this special gift as an athlete in the backfield that opens the doors for those things. Uh, that was Justin's fourth 100-yard game of his career, third one this season, and now, as you mentioned earlier, puts him on the, the doorstep of, of chasing down Lamar Jackson in Week 18 if he plays, right? If He's he got a, an yep. opportunity to, to, to very easily 
become the all-time uh, rushing uh, single-season rushing leader as a quarterback. I think he needs 64. Am I correct on that? And he's been averaging like you know 90 for the last 11 weeks. So we'll see it's where it goes. Striking distance easily. Yeah, that was my favorite play of the game. I think Luke Getze had a nice. They were sitting on that one for a couple of weeks. I love yeah. the Komet sweep uh, pitch to Justin Fields, who was like a tailback, and it was student body left. And there he goes. All right, but I'll have to pick another one. I'll pick the other run, the 60-yarder. How many runs over 60 yards, 55 yards does he have this season? Another explosive play. He looked like he was grabbing his leg at the end of that run. I wonder what happened. I don't think on that play he topped out at 21 miles per hour. I don't think he could have outrun a Prius on that one. But he was right around 20. He was a little bit impaired, but he was still Justin Fields in the open field. And I think that is when he is at his best. And so on the bright side, that 60-yard run was was my uh, my play of the day for Justin Fields. Yeah, and it was Kirby Joseph and Harris that caught him down inside the, the five-yard line that kept that from becoming another uh, end zone celebration. And, and so Justin didn't pull away like he has so many other times this season. And uh, that's uh, and then he got up, obviously, feeling, feeling a little bit sore or a little bit twisted with whatever went down on the tackle. And our guy, Adam Studzinski, who is Mr. Bears Google, uh, says that Aiden Hutchinson, his third interception was against Daniel Jones. All right. So Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Fields are the three quarterbacks that he has picked off as a rookie. All right. The uh-oh moment. There's so many to choose from. <laughs> what was yours? You know, honestly, David, my, my, my uh-oh moment was the entire second half. This team was down 21 points or more on all six of their second half possessions. And somehow they left the second half with 50 total yards and three first downs. This was a situation that was set up for garbage time yards, you know, pad your stats type of moments. You get, you get the passing game flowing, you get a 15 yard completion here an 18 yard completion here. They, you know, 20 completion here, the, the lions are just protecting a, a lead and, and they're going to allow you to do some things down the field. The bears couldn't protect it. They couldn't run the routes, right? Quarterback couldn't hit them. It was just an embarrassment in the sixth sack on the day is representative to me of, of again, a quarterback holding onto the ball too long. Justin Fields had the ball in his hands for eight seconds on that play. And the guy who sacked him, who was all over him all afternoon, James Houston, was dropping in coverage when that play began and then saw, oh, wait, this dude's not going to get rid of the football. I'm just going to charge up and take him down in the backfield for what ended up being a nine-yard loss. And it was representative of everything that was going wrong. And again, in a game like that, where you are down big against the league's worst defense, to have that lack of offensive productivity and that lack of passing productivity, if that doesn't set off alarm bells for some people out there or, or at least raise uh, the concern level by one or two levels, then, then I, I don't know, you might be helpless. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's all very depressing for a Bears fan's perspective. I, I think the uh-oh moment for me is a play you described. It's going to be redundant on a day where nothing worked well, but when you lack the awareness uh, that Justin Fields lacked in not protecting the securing the football and you have the strip sack or the strip fumble from behind and you lose it. Jonathan Vilma in the Fox booth even pointed that out, that he has to have better awareness. And that underscored just how bad of a play that was because, you know, Justin Fields isn't a rookie and he, you know, you would, uh, a guy, he typically does have better awareness because he is so uh, he, such a, a necessary part of the job because yeah. he's always got people coming down, bearing down him from all different angles. But that was, to me, the biggest uh-oh moment on a day full of them. 
No right. question. Big number. What's your big number? Well, mine is seven, uh, and it's what we talked about on, on Sunday afternoon. It's the number of sacks they gave up. It's the number of completions they had. It's the number of punts they had. You don't want those numbers matching up. You just don't You don't want <laughs> want that to be a, a seven, seven, seven across your slot machine. Uh, the Bears have to be better there. One other number to give you, just as we talk about Justin Fields as a passer, he's got 4,112 passing yards for his career. We're 25 starts in. Just dropping that out there if i put it on twitter it would cause a firestorm and i'm just dropping that out there 4112 passing yards with 25 starts his i mean we his second season may be over right we don't know if he's going to play this sunday 4112 passing yards did i hear a new year's resolution in the making there avoiding twitter firestorms no okay <laughs> that's good because like boy i think that's those are interesting sometimes dear, dear twitter uh, you, you you don't have anything to worry about yeah, okay good that's uh, I'm, I'm relieved um my big number would be 10 it's the number of carries that justin fields had congratulations 132 rushing yards that puts him in a position to break the all-time record but 10 as in the number of points scored the bears scored 10 in the first quarter and then they stopped playing they gave up 34 unanswered points they lose 41 to 10 and you are playing against one of the worst defenses in the nfl a team that's giving up an average of four touchdowns a game practically and you score 10 points as yeah. an offense. You are broken as a roster. You are broken as an organization. You need to be fixed. That's another way of saying that you are broken. 10 is my big number. I'm also going to repeat what we mentioned on Sunday that the, over the last six games, they've averaged 16 points a game, right? The, uh, I, I mean, that, the, this was supposed to be an offense that was setting the world on fire, 16 points a game for a six game stretch. It's not there to your other number 10 about Justin Fields runs. I broke these down on my rewatch. Four of those were tuck and run scrambles. Four of them were zone read keepers. One was a quarterback sweep down in the red zone. And then obviously the gadget play with the commit pitch. So that's the breakdown of, of what those 10 runs looked like. I like the gadget play. I like that. Loved it. Can Cole Komet play quarterback in the option? Of, uh, and we can go wishbone with David Montgomery, Herbert, and Justin Fields. So listen, Larry Mayer and I were the last two people talking to Cole Komet on Sunday. And we said, obviously, you've, you've evolved this play from a, a tight end sneak here on short yardage to a pitch to your quarterback the next wrinkle on this is obviously letting you take that snap drop him back and letting one fly we'll see cole's a you know a, an accomplished baseball pitcher uh, he's obviously got an arm on him you know, we'll see if luke getsy uh, can can wrinkle that in for for 2023 at some point 